Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. During this season, if you've never received Jesus, you can do it where you're at watching online or right here, right now. All you have to do from the center of your being, from your heart, is say, Jesus, you're my Lord. I receive you. And when you do that, Holy Spirit comes into your spirit, and all of a sudden, you know life like you've never known it before. It's eternal. It's forever life that comes into you. And you have a knowing on the inside. As soon as this body is gone, I go right to the throne. I go right to my Father in heaven. Because I believe that Jesus is the way and the door. And I walked right through it when I was on this earth. And you have a portal right to heavens. You know, we complicate it sometimes. It's that simple. It's that simple. If you've never done that, or if you've walked away from the Lord, you need to do it right now. You need to say, Lord, I receive you. You're my Savior. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to do this right now. I've never done an altar call in in transition. And I'm not going to have you come up front. I just feel like God's dealing with somebody in here. You know, he's, you know what he's doing? If it's you, it's this knowing inside. This, what, what, what we religiously, and maybe you've heard, called conviction. The word is actually convincing. The Holy Spirit is convincing you, saying, you need this. And the door is wide open to you no matter what you've done that is not in line with God's righteousness and holiness. The Holy Spirit by grace is saying, come, I'll receive you as you are. He's saying, come. Jesus is saying, you don't have to do everything right for me to receive you. All you have to do is accept me as your Lord and Savior. And the work that I completed on the cross. And you can be a child of God this very second. So this is what I want to do. Ushers, you will watch with me. But everybody else, heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand so I can see your hand. And I want to acknowledge it. Yes, I see one. Anybody else? Two. Yes, anybody else? Three. Four. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, this is the greatest Christmas gift we could give to the Lord. All right. Yeah. Let's pray this prayer together, shall we? Say, Father God, we come before you based on the blood of Jesus. Not based on our works, but based on faith in your grace extended to us in the person of Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus went to the cross and was cursed for my sin. Not because he deserved it, but because I did. And I believe that the full payment for my redemption For my salvation was paid by Jesus. Jesus, you are the Son of God. You are the key to eternal life. You are the door and the way. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior right now. Say this with me. Say, the moment I die, I leave this body, I'll go right to heaven and be with my family 
and my Father God for eternity. <laughs> you know, as Christians, we've been delivered from the fear of death and bondage. Well, as John, Johnny said, welcome to the family. <laughs> You're a child of God now. If you prayed that prayer from the heart, you are born again. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Your past is gone. You've been washed by the blood of Jesus. The Holy Spirit has made you new on the inside. <laughs> if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new and all things are of God. I get excited every... You don't know how wretched I was. Maybe you do. I don't know. But I'm a son of God now. Jesus is my big brother. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. Can I have one of those uh, packets, Heidi? Or somebody. Heidi's got it here for me. So if you prayed that prayer, and I'm not going to have you come up now, but this is a packet that we have. It's a New Believers packet, and it has a Bible in it and some other books that we want to get to you. So make sure that you come and get that right after the service. When we give our uh, call for ministry in the altar, we'll have altar workers up here. Make sure, now listen, don't forget, come get it. Right after. You need this information. You need to start reading your Bible. You need to start being discipled in the Lord. Amen? Because you want to be strong. And the enemy's going to, the enemy tries to take us out, but he can't. We know how to fight. All right. I'm going to do one more thing. You guys doing all right? I'm going to have, I'm not going to have the faith kids come yet. I got one more thing. Kyla's ready to go back there. She's looking at me. I don't know where the other mic is. Oh, it's over here. I'll just use this one. I'm going to have Shane come. I want him to share something. If the Just keep playing the keys. I want you to hear this, uh, uh, what the Lord had revealed to Shane last week. And just be open to this. Now, if you're visiting, welcome. You're in, you're in our house. This is how we do it. Amen. Amen. So just enjoy it. But I want you to hear this word. I believe is from the Lord. So I was actually just praying in the spirit during uh, worship last, last Sunday, like I do a lot of the time. Um, and I started to see um, actually a lion, a lion that was sleeping. And I'm going to read it because otherwise I'll forget stuff. But um, the lion awoke from, um, from his nap and I heard the word, the lion is rising. Um, and it was almost as if he looked, I mean, it, it was immediate. He looked over and it was almost as if he smelled something in the distance. And I'm a hunter, so that's where I go sometimes. <laughs> um, as if he was going to hunt, hunt his prey. Um, and, and quickly, as soon as, he, as soon as he turned, he got up and he took off running towards that towards that thing um and there was i mean it gets i could see it in his eyes i wish i was like sean or some other people that can describe things better than myself but in his eyes he was he was locked on i mean there was there was nothing around him that could um sway him from where he was going um and multitudes countless numbers of other lions started to join him It was, it was clear to me that there was that lead lion, but it was also clear to me that there was countless numbers of us, the other lions. There's, there's a lead lion here. He's right there. And we're the other lions. That's why I knew this was for, for our body. Um, and he was running just ahead, of, just ahead of the others. And then I saw what he was running towards. He was running towards God the Father. Um, was there in, in my own, this is where I go, I want to cry holy and bow down and worship um, our king, but it wasn't, 
wasn't like that this time. Because the lions were coming for an assignment this time. They weren't worshiping their king. It wasn't that time. It was time for assignment. And I'll, I'm going to show you this dance because he, the Lord showed me this clear as day. He showed me the lions coming up to God the Father. And as quickly as they got the message, gone. Quickly. Almost almost relay, relay race. You know, see people jump and then go. And then I heard, actually, I got ahead of myself a little bit. I heard the words before that, add attention. Pay attention. And each lion, one at a time. Sean, Pastor Sean doesn't, we have to have our own, our own one-on-one -on -one hearing from the Lord and listening. We have to, it's our own personal assignment. It's not Sean's assignment. He has his assignment. But it's us one and one on one with God the Father. And it'll line up with him here. But as soon as they received those instructions, they immediately went away. And then I heard the, the last words I heard actually were uh, marching orders, is what I heard. We must seek. For, the, for this time, we must seek the Father for our own assignment. We've got to stop being lazy and hanging on to Sean for every single thing that we, that we do. We have to seek him for ourselves and run to him. Amen. That's all. Amen. Praise God. So... I'm going to say this, and then you can be seated, and then the kids will come. But uh, I'll just say this. You may not realize it, but everything that the enemy has tried to do this year is about to get turned on his head. Now listen, the Lord told us this church at the beginning of this year, they said, count it all joy whenever you fall into various trials and tribulations knowing that those things test and try you, but we come out perfect and complete, lacking no thing. And we are headed into the greatest harvests, the greatest move of God that the planet has seen. Guys, listen to me. The scripture prophetically declares that the Lord of the harvest will receive. He's patient for it, but he will get all the harvest before he returns. And I don't know about you, but I'm like Shane in this. I want my orders. Give them to me. Let's go. I'm going to do my part. So who would lift their hands and say, here am I, Lord, send me. Send me. Now, sometimes people think, oh, he's going to send me to China. Probably not. Probably to your neighbor. But I'm open. If it's China, it's China. Amen. Well, let's get a little word in you, and we'll send you on your way as lions. Let me like that word. It's a good word, isn't it? Amen. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Did I forget anything, Heidi? I don't think I did, but I want to make sure. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and uh, in verse 1 is where we started last week, and we talked about... Uh, being strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Um, and so we'll pray here, just release faith again, um, just to focus ourselves in. You know, uh, one word from God can change everything. The scripture says that the entrance of his word gives light. Um, and so sometimes when you're in a situation and you don't know what to do, and it seems like it's dark, it's because you may not have the word on it yet. You need that word from him concerning the situation so that you can see it as he sees it. And uh, 
the teaching of the word is vital. It's just like Heidi was saying earlier as far as the reading schedule. I know I've gotten uh, at times pushback on that. You know, people have said, well, I, you know, that's, that's a religious thing. You, you know, you're, you, it's a ritualistic thing. It's only religious or ritualistic if your heart tends to go that way. The reading of the scripture is vital. It's vital to your, to your whole life because the reason why is because it gives you perspective that you're not thinking about naturally. And how many have realized this through the years? I know there's many in here that have, that the more you read, the more you see, wait a minute, I didn't see that before. I didn't see that before. And so we have to continually go back to the word. We believe in the gifts of the spirit. We're what some people call Pentecostal, full gospel, whatever you want to say. We believe that God did not die with the apostles, that he's still doing everything today that he was then. Um, He's still a God of miracles, signs, and wonders. But the thing about it is, even in the midst of that, our minds are transformed by that word. That word, even though the book is old, there's no other book like this. You know, sometimes people say, well, uh, men wrote the Bible. Actually, men wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wrote the book. There's only one author of the scriptures, God. There's just a few secretaries. Otherwise, how could you have that many books and that many authors with such cohesion? It's, it's just impossible with man, but with God, it's not. And, and written, you're talking about over hundreds of years. Sometimes the span in the writing is gapped by hundreds of years, and yet it's still consistent and cohesive. How? It has to be God. Amen? And so, and so you need this word because this word gives you faith. This word transforms the way you think. This word in, uh, opens your eyes to see what was seated in you in Christ Jesus. It gives you the ability to walk in such a way that is victorious where the rest of the world doesn't have that. They don't have it. They don't have what you have. They don't have fellowship with God. You think of the dynamics of what God did. He gave you entrance into the throne room through putting on a physical body in the person of Jesus Christ and and shooting through the spiritual world, opening up the, the gap or the wall that was between us and God called sin. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Every dispensation of time from the beginning to the end was pre-wrote by Jesus and we're just functioning in one of them, but we have the author of the book inside of us. It's unfair. It's unfair for the devil. Now, see, most Christians won't think that way because they've been religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught. But the reality is it's unfair for the enemy because when you have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on the inside of you, things are going well for you. <laughs> People say, well, we, we have uh, issues here. Yeah, we do. But we have answers here too. Yeah. Amen? And so in this, the Word of God is so vital. And we see this here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son. Now specifically, this is being written to Timothy. But all scripture, of course, is given by inspiration of God. And so it can speak to us here. But Paul says to Timothy, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How many are thankful that you have grace in Christ Jesus? So there is an empowerment, there's a deposit that has been given to you in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that when you received him, if you just did it today or if you did it 23 or 40 years ago, 50 years ago, whatever it was, there was a deposit of the resurrection placed within you. In other words, and we quoted it before, it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20, where Paul talks about the reality of the fact that if any man or woman, person, be in Christ Jesus, he is a what? Or she is a new creation. Everything old has passed away and all things have become new and all things are of God. Now, before you get too excited, how many realize this, that the only thing that changed in your life when you received Christ was your spirit man? If you were bald before you got saved, you were bald after. Yeah, yeah. Touchy, touchy subject right there. <laughs> we, don't, we don't curse bald people around here because we don't want to get eaten by bears. <laughs> Make sure the she-bears are nowhere around, right? That's an Old Testament reference. <laughs> 
Your physical did not change. Your internal did. How many notice, though, that your mind tend to think just like it always did? That's why Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And we said this before, not the removal, the renewal. (laughs) The renewal, right? So what has the power to transform your thinking? Only the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. The grace that is in Christ Jesus. You're not going to muscle it into being. You're going to follow through the process of faith in obedience to His Word, and the Holy Spirit will do a work in your mind. Amen? And transform your thinking to the reality of how God sees you. So to be strong in this word strong, it means to enable or to endue with strength. And the idea here is a continuous empowerment. So daily you are to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Daily you're to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Every day there is available to you the grace necessary to walk through that day. How many know God's mercies are new once in a while? When? Every morning, which means you have a supply. One scripture actually says this, he daily loads me with benefits. So how many of you have a a, a stockpile of loading that has happened that you haven't even tapped yet? Because you didn't realize it was there. Daily, he loads me with benefits. God is an interactive God. He's not a Wednesday God, a Sunday God. He's in every day, come on, Shane mentioned it when, from what the Lord showed him, is you receiving marching orders every day. And sometimes that marching order is get up and take care of your kids. And I sometimes hear moms and dads, oh, well, what am I going to do with these kids? You're going to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And you're going to overcome. And what seems impossible, you will do because God specializes in the impossible. Because with God, all things are what? And all things are possible to him who... So I just need to get you to believe, and then grace will flow. And you'll look at your kids and not want to, you know, duct tape them to the wall. (laughs) But you'll overcome and train them to walk in the grace that you're walking in. Amen? So we're empowered by the grace of God. The title of this series is Soldier, Athlete, Farmer. And these are some examples that Paul gives us. We talked about last week uh, concerning the Christian life. We talked about strength and we went through several different uh, passages. And you go back and uh, listen to that if you want to on the website. Uh, Different passages that talk about and give examples of strength. So this morning I want to go to verse 2. And Paul says this in verse 2 Timothy, verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who are able to teach others also. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back over this, and I'll probably hit the family thing again. But what is happening when the Word of God is being taught? You're hearing things that have been learned from before that are being imparted to you And you as the disciple, as the believer, then are to take those things and apply those truths to your own life. And when you do that, actually what ends up happening is you become a witness. But what Paul is telling Timothy here specifically as a pastor in the church at Ephesus, he's saying, look, take the things that you saw me do and then take those same things, live them out, and then pass them on to others. That's, what, that's Christianity in a nutshell, in all actuality. So when you know a promise of God, when you know a truth of the Word of God that comes up within you in parenting, in marriage, in work, in boss-employee, in employee-boss, whatever the relationship is, whatever the situation you're in, if the Word of God is available to you and in you and that rises up within you, that's what you take and apply in that situation. And as you do that, you actually become a witness to those around you and you're actually depositing the Word of God into them. 
And then they, if they're a believer, if they're not, of course, they'll see the example and the witness. But if they're a believer, they can then follow your example in walking with the Lord. You're not, it's not traditions. It's a matter of living out the nature that is within you. So you don't respond in fear to difficult situations. Because you haven't been given a spirit of fear. You've been given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Now listen to me carefully. I didn't say you don't feel it. I said you don't respond out of it. You can, you can as one preacher said, you can have goosebumps double parked. Feel afraid. Come on, some of you are like, I don't, that never happens to me. Yeah, right, let me loose a spider in here. <laughs> we'll see what happens, a snake, you know, <laughs> you'll feel something <laughs> but you can choose to be bold in the face of the spider <laughs> how big that's always the question some people it doesn't matter how many have seen that uh, picture or that meme or whatever on facebook of a guy like blow torching a whole room with a flamethrower and it said saw a spider I have a friend like that. I'm not going to name names, but I watched him run from a spider that big. It was one of those little black ones that jump. Some people are feeling fear right now. <laughs> In other words, just because you feel it doesn't mean you have to yield to it. We are people of faith. How many enjoy feeling God? I do. I love it. You should just roll around in it when it's there. But if you're not, you walk by faith. You walk by the word that's been given to you, and in so doing, you please God, and you become a witness to those around you, but then you also then are implanting into them that same response. They then can learn from the Christ within you on how to respond. There's actually a transformation of thinking that takes place. So Paul says again, and the things which you have heard, which you have heard from me and among many witnesses. So what do we know about Paul as well? He didn't hide in a corner with his Christianity. Amen? He, he was, he, people witnessed his faith and they should witness ours as well. Let's skip on to verse 3 and we're going to get into this and we'll finish up here today. We're going to talk about the soldier. Verse 3 says this, you therefore... Must endure what? <laughs> People are like, I don't want to read that word in the Bible. You know, cross, hardship out. I don't want that. No, we must endure hardship as a what? Good soldier of Jesus Christ. We are not promised flowery beds of ease in this life. We're promised victory in the midst of them. Amen? Because we're depending on the Lord. Now listen. I am not telling, to, telling you, and I will not do this, I will not give God the characteristics of Satan. Satan is the author of destruction. But guess who led him into the planet? We did. People say, Adam and Eve. You is them. <laughs> Naturally speaking. Spiritually speaking, you're born again. You have the DNA of God in you. Your body will be redeemed one day. How many are looking forward to that? Okay, no more aches, no more pains, no more nothing, all right? But what I'm saying here is that we live in an earth where uh, people cheat in elections. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> all right, we'll get the pitchforks and the torches later. All right. <laughs> we live in a world that's fallen. And how many know that world is against Christ. The spirit of antichrist functions here. So we as good, good soldiers need to what? Endure hardship. Endure hardship. The word in, these two words, endure hardship, it means to suffer hardship in company with. Who are we in company with doing this? With Christ Jesus. Now, if I'm in the middle of hardship, as Paul showed us over and over again, but if I'm in the middle of hardship with Christ Jesus, what do I have? I have all the victory over hell living inside of me in the midst of hardship. 
So if I'm living as a Christian, as a Christian soldier, then I, and I'm living the way that, and thinking the way that I should, according to the gospel, I'm living from the inside out, not from the outside in. So when people are saying, man, I just so many things going on, what do I know? I know they're not seeing the situation from the resurrection within. They're seeing it from without back instead of within out. Because if I have the Lord and I have my perception and my, and my understanding and my thinking is transformed in the way it is, then I know that what shall we say to all these things? All right, let's go to it. Romans 8. Not in the notes. Go to Romans 8. You need to mark this, circle it, star it, highlight it. Highlight it in four different colors. Highlight it again. Yeah. Romans chapter 8, verse number 31. What then shall we say to all these things? Now, you can go back later and read all the things that Paul was talking about. He says this, if God is for us, who... Who can? Who can? Who can contend with the one who sits eternal on the throne? <laughs> That's why you can sit in the heavens and laugh with the one who sits in the heavens and laughs. Why? Because who can contend with my God? There is no, he, the scripture says, I believe it's in Isaiah, but it's in the Old Testament. It talks about the Lord searching to see if there was another God and he couldn't find one. It's a God joke. <laughs> Listen, think about it. He's God. Why does he need to search? He knows it's a joke. I bet when the prophet wrote it down, he was like, that's a good one. <laughs> You know, in other words, he's eternal, he's powerful, he's all, and if he be for, could this circumstance, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't have a chance. Why? Because you're not contending with me. You're contending with my covenant and my father. Because my battle's not against flesh and blood. And I don't beat the air. I beat the enemy. With the word. How do we destroy strongholds? We take every thought captive to what? The obedience of Christ. What does that mean? I take the written word and I begin to speak and apply it in my life. And as I do, I drive back darkness. Not that I'm doing it in my own power. I'm doing it out of obedience. And his power is the force, the authority, the strength behind what I'm walking in. So it's not even, it's so unfair what we have. Not only do I have Holy Spirit in me, but then I got angels all around me. And you may not see them, but they are here now. They're always with me. Billy Brim said this years ago, somebody asked her, she was flying to Israel and she was naturally by herself. She was alone. And uh, somebody, somebody recognized her and said, oh, she said, well, I'm going to Israel. And they said, oh, you're going all by yourself. She said, oh, I'm never by myself. Now, see, it's a wonder they called Paul and Jesus insane. Why don't you walk around? People say, oh, what are you doing here by yourself? Oh, I'm never by myself. They're going to go, ooh. <laughs> but the reality is they're in woohoo, and you're in reality. Because I'm never alone, and neither are you. Ever. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. He surrounds you with his angels. His presence lives in you. You're born again. You're a child of God. You're never alone. Amen. So we're to endure hardship. It means to be a partaker of afflictions. As a good soldier. Good means distinguished or worthy. It means distinguished or worthy. So we're suffering. Okay. Now I got to qualify this. And we're suffering with Christ Jesus in conjunction with the gospel. Now, I have to qualify this with this statement. This is not suffering because of our own disobedience or mistakes. Amen. 
It's suffering in line with the gospel. In other words, we're promoting good and evil is working through others to come against us. And there's a suffering that happens to where we don't quit being Christians, walking by faith, doing what we've been called to do just because we gain opposition. Actually, it should be a point of rejoicing. Because that we, we see the example from the early church, from the apostles, when they came together after, and, and listen, how many, when was the last time you were beaten by rods for being a Christian? When was the last time you were put in prison for being a Christian? You see, we could use a little more endure hardship as a good, we could use a little more soldier mentality. Amen? I mean, today, Christians get teased for being a Christian. They about lose everything. How could you let this happen, God? We need strength. Because, guys, listen, we're not headed toward less battle. We're headed toward more. Come on. Look at what's going on in this nation. If we don't have joy in the Lord, you may not find it in the natural. Amen? That's all right. Because we have an eternal destiny. And we're eternal. And we've already passed from death unto life. So what if it came down to, as a soldier, dying for your country? And I'm not talking about this one. I'm talking about that one. See, we need to endure hardship. We need to have an understanding of who we are in Christ so that we can face these things fearlessly. And we can by the grace of God. The grace of God is more than enough. This life is not just about everything that I can gather in the natural. It's so short. Even if you live 100 years, it's a blip. Eternity is forever. I'm like Paul, and, I, and I'm, you know, we believe in the blessings of God here, but I'm like Paul. I'm storing up treasure Where? In heaven. So every person that came to the Lord today and gave their heart back or rededicated or was born again for the first time, what did we do? We plundered hell and populated. So in your face, devil. By the grace of God. People say, you shouldn't say that. The devil's going to, you know, he'll, you'll get on his radar. I said it for his benefit. I'm already on his radar. I've been on his radar for 23 years. Amen. And we're just going to get more and more and more. How many have seen those uh, blippers that go around and they catch things? Blip, blip. You know what our radar is doing? Blip, blip. Pretty soon it'll just be a solid. And the, the devil's going to go, what is going on? And, they, and we're going to be able to say, that's the glory of God covering the earth like the waters cover the seas. The path of the just is like the rising of the sun, right? It shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. In other words, I'm headed toward eternity. I'm aware of my mortality, and I know that in eternity, I have rewards waiting. But some of it is based on my work here. Amen? So Paul goes on to say, he says, be a good soldier, endure hardship. The complete biblical library New Testament commentary says this, a soldier is called upon to endure the hardship and rigors of battle. As a soldier of Jesus Christ, Timothy would suffer hardship, which includes persecutions, misunderstandings, and opposition. But you've been, you've been strengthened, and this is what Paul said right at the beginning, be strong in the what? Grace that is in Christ Jesus. When you're empowered by grace, you can be a good, a noble, a distinguished soldier. In other words, you don't back away from the fight. You step into it. I'm not talking about fighting naturally. I'm talking about fighting spiritually. You don't run away from the darkness. You drive into the darkness, scattering it with the light. Whether that be in your individual life or in someone else's, if you're sharing the gospel with them. Life in the Spirit New Testament commentary says, by the very nature of their occupation, soldiers will often be called on to take part in suffering. Now the question for me is, what if you don't endure hardship with Christ? What if you don't do it? 
The answer is clear. You are not a distinguished or worthy soldier. Really, if you consider this verse in light of what we honor, uh, of what we honor or distinguish in our natural military, it makes sense. You don't distinguish soldiers who are lazy and disobedient. Come on, in the natural. Do we give purple hearts to guys that cower and don't go? Or gals? No, we don't. We don't honor. There's no distinguishing honor. There's no good soldier in somebody who is dishonorably discharged. There's no distinguishing. We don't have, uh, uh, we don't give uh, badges and medals of honor to people who run away from the fight. We give it to who? To those who have endured hardship. And how many know, thank God for our military. Because some of them came back without body parts. What is that? That is honorable. That is a good soldier. Someone who's distinguished will apply that to the spirit. Sometimes it's okay to just go ahead and go into the battle and walk away being mocked for your Christianity. And you have a little wound in your, you know, precious self-esteem. Because they didn't receive your Jesus. But that's a good thing. Why? Because you're engaging the darkness. You're coming against the darkness. You're coming against your enemy in the power of the resurrection. And if you could see in the spirit, you would see God smile, even though the person didn't receive his testimony through you. Because God is honored by faith. And that's faith. You say, how do you know I'm in faith? Because you don't feel like it all, but you're doing it anyway. You're in faith. Then you're in faith the strongest. As disciples of Christ, we should all be striving for an honorable discharge one day out of this life into eternity. Amen? Other translations state this. Put up with your sharing of difficulties. Take your share of hard sufferings. As a noble soldier, as a soldier on active service. Ironside's commentary says this, so Timothy is commanded in verse 3 to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Each Christian is called to do valiant soldier service, contending earnestly for the faith once delivered to the saints, as we see in Jude, verse 3. He himself maintains this soldier soldier character till the last talking about Paul, as he realized that his fighting days were nearly ended and that soon he should give an account of his part in this warfare. When he would stand at the judgment seat of Christ to receive the crown of righteousness, the divine recognition of faithful service. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go all the way through this life knowing I'm going to face the Lord and stand there and have everything that I did burn up as wood, hay, and stubble. I want to endure hardship as a good soldier with eternity in mind. The figure of the soldier suggests obedience to orders, rigid discipline, holding the body in subjection, and valor in defense of the truth. These, should, these things should characterize all Christ's servants. The path of devotion to Christ is not an easy way. It calls for steadfast endurance and abiding faith. But that does not mean that you don't have joy in the midst of difficulty. You have joy in the midst of of difficulty. It calls for steadfast endurance and abiding faith. These are soldier qualities every Christian needs in order that he may overcome in the warfare in warf- in the warfare with iniquity. Verse 4, finally, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And the Amplified states this, no soldier when in service gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. His aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. Engaging in warfare or warfare, the word itself is serving as a soldier in spiritual warfare. To serve in a military campaign with its arduous duties and functions. If you're not going to be entangled, it means this. You're not going to be entwined with things or involved with or enweaved or to weave in things in the natural life. You don't get entangled with things that the Lord doesn't lead you to. Many believers are powerless in their lives because they have weaved in the affairs of this life rather than the word of God. Affairs, the word by itself, simply means this. The pursuits and occupations of life. Because why? Why don't we do this? Because we want to please him who enlisted us as a soldier. 
There are many who are entangled in the affairs of this life because they are not engaged in the spiritual warfare of heaven. In other words, they develop things, and I'm going to balance all this out, so don't let your mind go to the fact that you can't, you know, go fishing or something like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm going to balance all this out. But you, you're entwined, you're entangled in the commander's uh, the commander of heaven's leading in your life rather than worldly affairs being first. In other words, God is your Lord. Nothing else is. Amen? Nothing else is. So, when you are engaged in warfare, you are aware of walking in obedience to the scriptures and the leading of the Holy Spirit in every facet of your life. Whether that be biblically raising your children, loving your spouse, working at the job as unto the Lord, praying for the leadership of the nation, giving financially to kingdom work, or serving in the body of Christ. As believers, we must be, out, uh, we must be about our Father's business, always aware and resisting by the leading of the Lord from becoming entangled in the affairs of this life that are not profitable. This is a process that is only fully developed through fellowship with the Lord. The Life in the Spirit New Testament commentary says the simple elements of the comparisons of Timothy's, Timothy's life to a soldier are wholehearted devotion to the task and undivided loyalty to the commander. The duties of the commanding officer were to see that his soldiers were well equipped and provided with food and shelter. Another commentary says this, the emphasis here is not on the renunciation of family, friends, home, business, etc., but a caution against preoccupation with things that entangle. The caution does not mean the affairs of this life are wrong. They are wrong when they entangle and keep believers from the priority of pleasing God. Being a soldier demands sacrifice, discipline, obedience, and uncompromising loyalty. Amen? In other words, to make it shorter, in everything you do, the Lord is first. So that in everything you do, he may tell you don't do this. Does that make sense? Okay. So in everything you do, the Lord is first. Do you know that it is possible? How many know this? God generally knows your address. How many think God has your phone number? Does God know what time you get up and go to work? In that, be engaged in the warfare. In your routine, be engaged in the warfare. I was talking to my brother the other day, and he said, and if you're watching, hey. But if he said to me, he said that he's been uh, enjoying fellowship with the Lord, going to Walmart, and he isn't even preaching to people. He's just going through Walmart praying for people. When he sees somebody, the Holy Spirit will lead something on his heart. He's not even touching it. He's he just praying for them. He said, nobody can tell because I have to wear that mask. But he said, I, but I'm blessing them in the name of Jesus. He's not going through Walmart going, this is my aisle. Get out of my aisle. You know what I mean? Walk on your side of the line. Do they even have the lines anymore? I don't know. Anyway, so... In other words, he's engaged in the what? The warfare. Because your battle is not against flesh and blood. And even the person that attacks you for having faith or has anger towards you for having faith, it's not them necessarily. It's the spirit behind them. Use your authority under your breath. Just go in the name of Jesus. I take authority over that spirit. I'm talking about you. Don't call me to do it. You do it. You do it. Amen? If you're concerned about your kids in an area and you see something, man, go to prayer and start praying for that kid. I don't care how old they are. The Holy Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit can speak to somebody in just the right words? Stand with me, please. I'm going to share a testimony with you, and then I'll let you go. Um, and I'm going to have our altar workers come up now while I share this just so you're ready to go. And if, remember, if you gave your heart to the Lord, please come. Um, we have a new believers uh, Bible teaching class that we do with Rick and Luann. It's really good, and we need you to be a part of it because you need to be discipled. You need to grow. But I want to share this testimony with you. Years ago, I was at a, I was at a church camp, and um, it was a fun one. And we were, uh, they called up ministers to minister to people. And so I'm, I'm not even a part of that denomination, but they just had ministers, if you were one, come up. So I went up, and I ministered, and this lady stood before me, and she said, 
She said to me, she said, I said, what's the problem? She said, well, I got these problems with my heart. And she said, and I can't sleep at night. And she said, uh, and she starts telling me how she's worrying over her kids. Because she's afraid that something's going to happen to them. And so I, I just listening to the Holy Spirit within me, which is how you minister to people. And then he gives you the words to speak. And I started ministering to her. And the Lord said to me, ask her if she loves her kids more than I do. Woo, that'll get your attention, won't it? In other words, and when he said that to me, I went, I mean, it set me free. You know, because it came through me. How many know it's good to be the minister too? Because you get the answer too. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm not perfect. I'm a, okay, uh, just a joke. Just a joke. All right. So, all right. I am not the most holy, preeminent Sean minister. Okay. Anyway, so in Christ, we're perfect. So I asked her that, and she said, yeah. I said, then I command you to sleep in the name of Jesus. The next day, she looked like a different person. She slept. She, I said, how was it? She goes, I slept all night. No heart palpitation. Why? She's worrying. Fear has got her all ramped up, and her heart's going all over the place. How many know fear does that? Okay? That's no good. But listen. When you're ministering, I don't know why this is, but listen to me, parents, with your kids. Pray for them and believe that God is moving in the unseen and you will see it in the scene soon because he is. If you're a believer, the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power of available, dynamic, and it's working. It's working for you. And when the devil comes to you and says, it doesn't feel like it's working, you just say, I'm faith in it, devil. So up your nose. <laughs> With a rubber hose. Yeah. Who said it? Ron said that. <laughs> Got that from Jesse Duplantis. Up your nose with a rubber hose, devil. I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> it rhymes. <laughs> Did you get anything? Amen. Are you thankful you came? Don't you love the fellowship of the saints, the word and the spirit? Amen. God is good all the time. Do you know that this dispensation that we're in right now, has, the end has already been written? So you don't have nothing to worry about. It's already been written. It's over, amen? Father, we give you glory and honor in this place. Thank you, Lord, for every soul that was saved, every life that was changed. Thank you, Lord, for every heart that was ministered to the transformation of your word that transforms our thinking. Lord, we'll take these truths and be doers of the word and not hearers only. We bless you, Father, and we honor you. You are worthy of it all. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. God bless you guys. See you Thursday night for the Christmas Eve service. Come be ministered to. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.